Welcome, everyone, to our podcast, Scripture in Black and White. I'm Bobby Harrington, and I'm so pleased to have my friend Anthony Walker with me. Well, folks, today we're going to kind of do a a summary or a wrap-up or a retrospective view on all the podcasts we've done because we've decided to do multiple seasons of our podcast, Scripture in Black and White. And uh, we're looking forward to the next season, which will focus on what Scripture teaches about the family. So welcome to our podcast. We call it Scripture in Black and White because uh, uh, you have a white man and a black man talking about Scripture. But we also believe together uh, that Scripture is much more black and white than people often think that it is. So, Anthony, tell me, as we do our uh, retrospective look on things, uh, of the topics that we've had so far, which one has generated the most discussion or feedback or comments for you so far? Wow. Um, the we, we did episodes early on uh, about how the Bible came to be, you know, how it was uh, written, uh, how we are able to, you know, establish that what was written is true. Um, and the historical narrative, uh, the historical uh, evidence around it. And uh, I remember uh, several of my young adults um, that heard that episode. They were just uh, excited about it. And I was, too. Uh, you know, we, we you and I, we have uh, different backgrounds um, and you have taken a deep uh, theological and academic uh, approach to um, scripture and, and, and biblical teaching. So uh, you bring a wealth of knowledge uh, to the podcast. So a lot of the evidence that we dealt with, uh, many of the young adults that you know had mentioned it to me, they hadn't heard. So it's like, wow, to know and to understand. And for me, it just helped to undergird uh, the things that I've already studied. So that was one uh, early on that we did um, that was really beneficial. Well, I thought you were going to bring up on baptism because we had that clip of Anthony Walker talking about uh, bad grammar, good <laughs> theology. I was one thing, and now That's I'm right. another because of right. Christ. Because yes. uh, I know uh, a lot of my friends talked about that, and yeah. I just love that we got to we got to <laughs> be involved in that one. Well, Anthony, let me ask you this then about about the uh, historical or. Uh, uh, archaeological evidence. Do you remember anything that stood out? Because I actually have a couple of follow-ups on that with you. But if mm-hmm. you can, uh, of those who talked to you, is there something mm-hmm. that stood out uh, mm-hmm. that might be helpful as a reference point before I dump, jump in with a couple of ideas? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the I, and I can tell you how it even helped us in one of our recent Bible classes as well. Um, the, when we talked about how the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, um, yeah. and in particular, how we talked about how Luke uh, was, you know, wrote as a historian, uh, investigated, uh, time-stamped, uh, and, and the things that he mentions, as well as backed it up with eyewitness testimony for the class. It was just awesome. Right now, uh, in our Bible classes, our adult Bible classes, I'm going through a series entitled, I Believe Because. 
And mm. so just a couple of weeks ago, uh, the question was asked in our Bible class, you know, well, how do we know, you know, you know, how do we know it's real? How do we know it's true? And I basically took the notes from that podcast episode and walked through the class with it. And, and they were just really encouraged, especially about, you know, you go back to Luke chapter three, where Luke timestamps, you know, who's in political office, who's the mayor, the tetrarch, the governor, who's all these people. And, and you're, you're getting this historical document. And then he says, the word of God came to John. So here's here's something that is of spiritual significance, especially to those of us in the community of faith, but it is matched with historical timestamps. Now, there are things that we believe historically that we were not there to witness, um, but we understand, hey, this is what was written at this time. And that's exactly what Luke uh, did with his book. So. Uh, that particular point, uh, and especially the Dead Sea Scrolls, that really helped us out, even as recently as one of our Bible classes. Yeah, well, that's great. You know, that's one of the things I'm really grateful that we get to do this podcast to promote, because the average person does not know the historical evidence providing for the veracity of what the New Testament teaches, how strong it is. Uh, one of the things I like to do is quote N.T. Wright, who's probably perceived as the world's leading authority on that question. And uh, he says that there's no serious historian today who would deny basically what the what the Gospels are saying. You might deny uh, what it means or did the resurrection really happen or did some of the miracles happen. But in terms of the historical record, people don't deny that. And then, Anthony, I was just so grateful that we had Craig Evans Mm-hmm. who's one of the world's top expert in ancient manuscripts and one of the world's top expert in the archaeology to be able to sort of speak into these things. So uh, I'm really, really grateful. And we just remind everybody, uh, if you want to go back, uh, those two podcasts, well, actually we did several that way. The first was the evidence that I shared from all of my trips to Israel, the evidence for Jesus part one, the evidence for Jesus part two, And then after that, we got to, you know, how did we get the Bible, part one and two? How reliable are the manuscripts? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then how did we get the canon of the Bible? Mm -hmm. So uh, really grateful that we were able to cover that and lay a This is a foundation that in this podcast series, through the um, seasons that will come ahead, this is always going to be something that we want to encourage people to go back to so that they can familiarize themselves with these things, because we stand in faith, and our faith is not a blind faith. It's a faith that is supported by evidence and facts. Now, it goes beyond that, because we believe the miracles that uh, are described there, whereas a lot of people say, well, there's evidence that they believed in miracles. No, you and I believe that Jesus rose from the dead because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit, in addition to the evidence, but ours is a uh, is a faith that is based on evidence and facts. It's not just a blind faith. Amen. Amen. And, and, and the, to just underline what you just pointed out there, it's not that we're looking at a book of fables, uh, even as was mentioned in Scripture. We know that this is true. Um, and again, the evidence only backs up what we already believe to be true. 
But the evangelistic tool that can be a part of this is we talk to people all the time who believe in evidence. Okay, we may not be on the same page uh, spiritually initially, but if we can start with the evidence and that was where, again, for young adults to see in Scripture and to hear, wow, this is backed up by evidence that can at least take the conversation a little deeper. And and one of the things that I encouraged the, the class about was this. I'm saying, okay, if we believe this that Luke says. Okay, then I have to deal with Luke and and, and this virgin birth. I have to deal with the miracles that I read. I have to deal with the resurrection. I mean, Luke mentions these things. So if I if I believe this, then I have to believe all of it. And then if I believe the words that come from Jesus's mouth, this will point to another episode we dealt with with the red letters. If I Mm. believe those words, then I also have to believe the fact that he says before Abraham, I am right. You know, so I, it um, it was very encouraging that those series uh, of uh, podcast episodes that we did and how we got the Bible and the canon. Yeah. You know, uh, Anthony, for most people who are Christians, they have a conviction uh, we, we've seen how that was a conviction by the Holy Spirit, the invisible Spirit of God convicting uh, people that were sinners, uh, that we will stand before God and, and a real uh, uncomfortableness in the realization of standing before God, knowing that we're sinners, believing there is a God, and how the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, uh, righteousness, and judgment, and then we place our faith in Jesus so for a lot of people, they have that experience, which is valid and legitimate. And then afterwards, they say, hey, I need to know that the evidence supports this, which it does. I've got to tell you, for me, in many ways, it was kind of the two went hand in hand. It was mm-hmm. kind of like I was feeling led, but I was also wanting to be careful. Uh, so I was confirming the evidence as I was feeling led at the same time. But it was it was far more the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. that convicted me. But then over the years, as the years go by, you also want to know that the facts uh, are definitely there to back up that which you believe. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was really good. By the way, you mentioned uh, Red Letter Christians mm-hmm. and uh, that episode. Uh, there's a, um, a man who's a part of our church who had talked to me about that one because you know a lot of people are hearing this idea of, like, I just want to be... I just want to be centered in Jesus and just the red, as though like the, the letters, the red letters in the Gospels from Matthew are somehow different than what Paul says Jesus said. And we talked about that, but we encourage all of our listeners, if you didn't have a chance to listen to the Red Letter Christians episode, to go back and listen to that, because we believe that all of Scripture is the words of Jesus, uh, that all of it is inspired by the spirit of Jesus, and therefore all of it is the teachings of Jesus. With Renew, for example, when we started Renew, we said uh, we want to renew the teachings of Jesus to fuel disciple-making. That's Renew's mission statement. Well, we believe the entire Bible is the teaching of Jesus and that it's really important for us. Very, very important. Um, So when we deal with, you know, the Bible, um, you know, the manuscripts that were found, 
the evidence that backs up what was said, the consistency of what was said, the uh, you know, how the, the, the manuscripts are found just a few years after the events took place. And they're just as consistent as those uh, documents found years later. Again, that just shows, you know, as you pointed out, there may be people that deny the interpretation of it, but you can't deny what it said. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's just hard evidence. So that that made it um, very valuable. I'll tell you another one, Bobby, that we did early on that was uh, very beneficial as well is the breakdown in the episodes that we dealt with uh, the essential, uh, the important and the uh, preferential uh, items uh, of the faith. You remember those, Bobby? Oh, yeah. You, you know, and I have found it so helpful in my teaching, both in my in our church uh, Harpeth Christian Church and in Renew Network to really delineate that which is essential, that which is important, and then that which is personal. Because a lot of people, as we said then, just make the mistake of if it's not essential, then it's just personal and it's a, it's a matter of opinion. And that middle category of there's teachings that are really important. They're worth fighting over. They're worth, you know, uh, standing our ground on, even if somebody's salvation may not be dependent on them, is I think a really important part of what's going on today. Mm, yeah. So it, it is, it's important. And it's, it's another reason that we really need to become acquainted with um, scripture. Um, and again, just kind of a, a slight plug to um, Tina Wilson's um, book and uh, podcast, Stepping Into Scripture. It's a reason that we need to really get acquainted with it so that we understand those teachings. We understand what is essential when we see uh, those who were new converts into Christ. You know, what was that which was essential? These are things you must know. These are things you must do. But then as we look at the book of Acts, we look at the teachings of Paul. Man, these are these are very important that we hold on to these things. Right. It, it yeah. is a, of, of first importance. We need to hold on to this. And then there are those beliefs, as you pointed out, that's it's personal. You know, th- there's some convictions that I have personally that I, I'm bound by those because of my relationship with God and, and my personal convictions. But I can't mandate those and impress those upon you because, you know, it's just my personal thing. And I, I I'm, I'm good with it. And God and I are good with this. Um, but when we get those confused, uh, it can distort our teaching. So those episodes uh, were, were, were really good for me. You know, Anthony, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, as I think back over the first season, there is one teaching that, for my part, I thought, well, I wonder if I, if I could have uh, talked about that a little more clearly. Mm-hmm. So in just a second, I, I want to mention that it's actually the concept of Repentance. Now, I think we covered it, mm-hmm. but uh, I want to just mention it again because I think the teaching on repentance is so neglected today that I just want to, as a hopefully a faithful expositor of what the Bible says, make sure that we punctuate uh, the teaching on repentance. Now, to set the stage, again, we may have people listening to the podcast for the first time today. Sure. So I'm going to delineate what we would put in each of those categories or buckets. Sometimes we say uh, that which is essential is written in ink. I'm sorry, it was that which is essential is written in blood. That which is important is written in ink. And that which is personal is written in pencil. 
So let me just try to fill in a couple of key things. The first thing is that which is essential is Jesus Christ and his gospel and our response to Jesus Christ and his gospel. Mm -hmm. Like all of eternity hangs on that. And so in the New Testament, one of the ways it sums it up is in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And it says, uh, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This, not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus uh, for good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So it is by grace. In other words, it's by uh, what God did in Jesus. John three sixteen. God mm-hmm. so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So it's grace. It's based on Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross, by which he takes away our sins. And uh, the human part, if grace is God's part, the human part is faith. We place our faith, we give our allegiance, we give our faithfulness, we trust and follow Jesus. Uh, And again, the short version of that is faith. And I want to talk about how repentance ties into that in just a second. But that which is essential is Jesus and his gospel. Mm -hmm. We talk about what the gospel is. And the gospel is essentially uh, Jesus is the saving king who came into this world he preexisted with the Father. He came into this world. He lived amongst us. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. He rose from the dead as a sacrifice of atonement for our sins. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back to rescue us. That's the gospel. The gospel response is that we say yes to loyalty in King Jesus. Uh, we say yes with a repentant faith. Again, I want to come back to that. And we give our complete devotion to the best of our ability to King Jesus now. Now, as a part of that, let's go to the second bucket, the important teachings. These are things that we want to do. For example, we want to go to church. We want to be a part of a church that's following scripture. Mm -hmm. We talked about, uh, we want the experience of Acts chapter 2, Verse 42, where it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. We want to go to a church that upholds Scripture, where we can hear the Word of God, where we can have communion on a regular basis, where we can have elders in a local church watching over us, shepherding us, guiding us. Uh, we want to be a part of all those things, but we're we're saying that although those, those things are really important for our faith, and uh, out of our, when we have a genuine faith, we're going to follow and obey those things. Those things don't save us. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ saves us. Yes. And then in the third category, what we call written in pencil or third bucket issues, these are things that historically a lot of Christians got all caught up in, whether a Christian can have a glass of wine or not, whether a Christian could dance or not, whether a Christian can watch R-rated movies or not. And there was a lot of particularity that got caught up in legalism, whereas these are things that Scripture doesn't have like a black and white on, and so we want to allow one another freedom on those kinds of things. So that was a a quick review, Anthony. Thanks for letting me do that, but I, I do want to add this. 
about repentance. Mm -hmm. Because um, sometimes in the New Testament, the faith can be described uh, with the language of repentance. For example, in Acts chapter 20, verse 21, the Apostle Paul sums up everything that he taught. And he says this, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance Mm -hmm. and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Uh, Paul later on in Acts 26, 20 says, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and all of Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preach that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. So it's a pretty mm. strong message about repentance. And I and I, I, I wondered to myself if if I properly emphasize that uh, in in first the first season. So I want to circle back to it. Yeah. The word repentance comes from the Greek word metanoia, which literally means to have another mind. Now, when it says to have another mind, it's like uh, before somebody is really a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, or a true Christian, their mind is focused on a bunch of other things. We we typically have the kingdom of ourselves and what we want and what we desire, or the kind of person that society has told us to be, or it could even be the, the we're trying to be the kind of person that the church tells us to be, but we actually haven't had a heart change. The idea with repentance is it's God and it's me, and it's my realization of what God requires of a man or a woman who has genuine faith. And it's a response to God where I legitimately, like legit, turn from sinful lifestyles and ways, and I turn and follow Jesus. So I give up getting drunk. I give up, uh, you know, uh, sex uh, outside of a husband and wife marriage. I give up greed. I give up uh, the love of uh, possessions and the pride of people and other sinful lifestyles that I might be living. Like, not that I perfectly do it, because I, you know, even to this day, I still struggle with yeah. certain sins in my life. Yeah. Uh, but my desire is to obey God and not live in those sinful ways. And repentance is an essential part of saving faith. Let me state it differently. If we have a faith that doesn't repent of sinful lifestyles, it's not genuine, true biblical faith. And I want to make sure that we just said that really clearly uh, as people go back through our episodes, that we hold it up. Uh, the, the Sometimes people have described it like a coin. Like if you have a silver dollar, there's, you know, there's something on one side and something else on the other side. And so the silver dollar of genuine faith would be that moving toward Jesus is on one side. Like we want to obey and follow Jesus in all that he teaches. And the backside of that coin is we're moving away and we're turning from everything that Jesus told us to say no to. We're not going to live that way. We're not going to do that. We're going to ask God to help us. And sometimes we fall down, we get back up. We fall down, we get back up. But we are turning away from sinful lifestyle choices. So I just wanted to say that, Anthony, and make sure that was really clear as uh, this first season comes to an end. Certainly, certainly. Thank you for that uh, on repentance. Uh, I was going to say, as you were kind of introducing them, I'm like, hey, let's go ahead and deal with it. Um 
in addition to you know what you presented there about repentance, repentance is is not just a uh, change of actions or activity, but it is a change of attitude toward that activity, and that describes what you were dealing with at the end. Um, if we stop activity, but my heart is still yearning for man, I want to do those things. My attitude hasn't changed towards that. My heart has not changed towards that. When your heart changes towards and turns towards God, does it mean that I won't slip up a time or two? As Paul says, I end up doing sometimes what I hate to do. Um, Yeah, we may slip up, but my heart is turned toward Jesus. Uh, And so it it is a turn. And um, one of the issues to just kind of expound on it, one of the issues that our witnessing for Christ, uh, our evangelism falls short is that we're attempting to maintain the lifestyle that we had while just pointing people to Jesus. And, and yeah. that, that becomes ineffective. Uh, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't draw you from that if I'm participating in that with you. I, I have to change my actions. Yes, repentance is a change of action, but it is also a change of attitude towards yeah. that action. Uh, my attitude, my mindset changes towards it. And I'm walking towards Christ. We must uh, repent. Um, absolutely. That's one of the things that children of God must do. You must repent. That's good, brother. Well, um, I think those are the main things that I was thinking about when we look back on the past season. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention? Just as we kind of close up, um, one of the things that that hit well, I think it was episode 14, 13 or 14, uh, where we dealt with um, hard teachings. And this, you know, even can tie in with what we just discussed on uh, repentance. Um, one of the, the things that I would want to say, you know, you just had your mulligan like, man, if I had to say it all over, I would do it differently. One of the things I would say or probably emphasize more is the teachings in isolation, they're not hard, but they're hard because of the hardness of our hearts. They're hard because Ooh. of the hardness of our heads. They're hard because of our um, you know, propensity towards the flesh. Like That's what makes them hard. But when we are walking in Christ um, and we're completely focused towards him, those teachings are aren't hard. They're just hard on the flesh in us, right? They're yeah. just hard on those things. And that's what Christ uh, and his word and his teachings is changing in us. Uh, for those of us who might be greedy, those who may be uh, lovers of possessions, lovers of worldliness, to, to, to teach that person to give things away, man, that's hard because... Yeah. Uh, you know, everything in them has been, man, I got to hoard more. I got to gain more. But as they begin to walk in a giving spirit, as they begin to walk in the blessedness of giving, now you shift from the hardness of having to hold on to it to now enjoying the joy of giving. And, mm. and that's the shift. And and then now it's, it's not about hard. It's about, man, I experience joy every time I have the opportunity uh, to give. You know, the scriptures teach, uh, as Paul taught in in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, hey, 
We're giving with a cheerful heart. That word uh, that he uses for cheerful there is hilarious. Like it's giving should just be so, you know, joyful. And man, this is crazy how God has blessed me and I get to give it to someone else. But we don't just jump from, you know, coming out of the world into that. It, it, it's a shift. It's a change. So I just wanted to say that, you know, usually when we throw that line out, oh, we're going to give you some hard teachings. The teachings themselves are not hard just in isolation. It's just hard yeah. on the flesh uh, in us. They're hard on, on, on those things that we want to do. But that was a yeah, way it kind of stood out. Yeah. Let, let, let me uh, just say amen to what you're saying. You know, Anthony, before I remember the period before I was baptized, I remember thinking uh, certain things like uh, not not uh, getting drunk again. OK, I'm not going to like consciously when I'm deciding to be baptized. OK, so am I saying I'm not going to get drunk again? I'm not going to have sex with anybody till I get married. I'm going to start going to church. And those were like huge barriers for me back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I remember of saying, like, I can't deal with that. I'm just going to trust God. Because it sounded like, whoa, that's a big mountain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now I look at it and I think that it's, you know, that's my whole life now uh, of trying to live all that way. And it's not hard at all. I've got, you know, friends that love me, helping me. Of course, now I have family doing that. But back then I didn't. And it's like you can envision things being really difficult if you're an isolated individual. But when you have a church community where it's legit, you know, and you have the people of God, and then you develop habits, and it's really not as hard as it may sound mm-hmm. uh, in isolation. So I think that that's really good. Hey, Anthony, I wanted to also mention, if you're listening to this, uh, either on the podcast or on YouTube, uh, we're going to try to answer uh, questions on YouTube. Up until this point, we have not made that a priority, but uh, we're going to try to do that. And uh, I also want to recommend a resource as we look at, Nancy, if you can talk in just a minute about mm-hmm. next season. But as this season comes to an end, uh, there's a book called Trust and Follow Jesus, which I wrote, um, and it's available on Amazon.com. And uh, fortunate, I'm fortunate a lot of people have read it. Uh, there's a leader's guide, which if you're listening to this and a lot of these teachings are new. I would start with the leader's guide because it doesn't presume that you have somebody in a discipling relationship with you. Of course, the best is to go through trust and follow Jesus in a discipling environment, and you can get the black shorter book. But in the absence of that, I would encourage you to get the leader's guide, which dives into these teachings that Anthony and I have covered here in season one. So, Anthony, I'm going to uh, turn it back to you. If there's anything else you want to say, and then if you'll tell everybody a little bit about season two that'll come up Certainly. after a short break. Certainly. Uh, extending that invitation that Bobby just gave to those that are listening and those that are watching, uh, comment on the video, not just this video, but if you go back and watch some of our past ones and you have questions or comments about them, feel free to do so. I'm interested to look and to hear and to see uh, some of the elements of this this past season that you appreciated most. Uh, episodes that stood out, uh, lessons that were learned, uh, observations that were made. Put that in the comments. Uh, I'd love to read those and and, and see what you have enjoyed uh, in this first season. 
Uh, Looking forward to the next season, we're going to deal with scripture in black and white, but in particular, um, how this relates to the family. You know, what does the scripture teach about the family? And as we understand the family, uh, you know, is made up of a husband and wife uh, that are committed to one another and loving God, uh, that, that have children or may adopt children and are raising them in the nurturing and admonition of the Lord. And what that family unit is to do in the kingdom, in extending God's kingdom, as well as discipling uh, the children, but even discipling their neighbors and friends. So I'm looking forward to getting into that uh, on next year, just like this season or next season, rather. And just like in this season, uh, we'll have resources, uh, books uh, that, that have dropped. We've dropped a couple of them here recently with Renew that deal with some of those conversations uh, that you have. So we'll deal with that. Looking forward to it. Always remember, uh, as we uh, close this episode, uh, you can find much, much more information and resources on Renew.org. Uh, go there. Uh, there are so many articles. There are so many videos. There are so many resources and teachings. Uh, we encourage you to check that out. If you if there's any slides or uh, any documentation that goes along with this podcast, you can find it at renew.org slash media. Click on our podcast. It'll take us take you to our landing page uh, and you'll find any resources there. But uh, we have enjoyed uh, doing this podcast this season. Looking forward to next season. Our prayer is that you have enjoyed it, gained a lot from it as well. Uh, Bobby. Uh, and I, we're so thankful that you joined us. Uh, looking yes. forward to you on next season. Yes. Thank you all for listening to Scripture in Black and White. Thank you for listening to Scripture in Black and White, a Renew.org network podcast. Visit renew.org slash podcast for more information. Coming up next week, season two of Scripture, Marriage, and the Family.